0: Greetings and welcome to the Align q 21 earnings call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. A question and answer session will follow the formal presentation. Should anyone require operator assistance during the conference call, please press star zero on your telephone keypad. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to your host, Shirley Stacey, Vice President, Corporate Communications and Investor Relations. Please go ahead.
1: Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us. I'm Shirley Stacey, Vice President of Corporate Communications and Investor Relations. Joining me for today's call is Joe Hogan, President and CEO, and John Marici, CFO. We issued first quarter 2021 financial results today via Globe Newswire, which is available on our website at investor.alignetech.com. Today's conference call is being audio webcast and will be archived on our website for approximately one month. A telephone replay will be available today by approximately 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, through 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time on May twelfth. To access the telephone replay, domestic callers should dial 877-660-6853 with conference number 137-18065, followed by pound. International callers should dial 201-612-7415 with the same conference number. As a reminder, the information provided and discussed today will include forward-looking statements, including statements about Alliance's future events and product outlook, these forward-looking statements are only predictions and involve risks and uncertainties that are described in more detail in the, our most recent periodic reports filed with the Securities and Exchange Commission, available on our website and at sec.gov. Actual results may vary significantly and a line expressly assumes no obligation to update any forward-looking statement. We have posted historical financial statements, including the corresponding reconciliations, including our GAAP to non-GAAP reconciliation, if applicable and our first quarter 2021 conference call slides on our website under quarterly results. Please refer to these files for more detailed information. Please note, as of Q121, we are no longer including number of doctors trained, clear aligner shipment volume by region, and total worldwide average selling price. We will continue to share information management uses to evaluate the business and metrics to help investors and analysts assess our financial performance. With that, I'll turn the call over to Align Technologies President and CEO, Joe Hogan. Joe?
2: Thanks, Shirley. Good afternoon, and thanks for joining us. On our call today, I'll provide some highlights from the first quarter, then briefly discuss the performance of our two operating segments, clear Liners and systems and services. John will provide more detail on our financial results and discuss our outlook for the full year. Following that, I'll come back and summarize a few key points and open the call to questions. I'm pleased to report another strong quarter with record revenues and volumes reflecting strong growth for both Invisalign clear Liners and iTero systems and services, across products and customer channels worldwide. Q1 Sequential Invisalign Clear Liner Growth was driven by strength in both adult and teen market segments across products, customer channels, especially in North America and the EMEA region. The year's off to a great start and Q1 reflects increasing momentum and the benefit from continued investments in our strategic initiatives focusing on expanding our operations globally in existing and emerging international markets, increasing ortho-adoption and utilization of Invisalign treatment, especially with teens, training and education GP dentists, and increasing conversion to clear aligners, and building Invisalign brand preference with millions of consumers through advertising, PR, digital, social media, and influencer marketing to drive demand and conversion through Invisalign-trained doctors. For Q1, total revenues were uh, 89.894.8 million, up 72% sequentially. And 62.4% year-over-year. Q1 system and services were 141.5 million, up 5.8 sequentially, and up 104% year-over-year. Q1 21 clear line of revenues of 753.3 million were up 7.5% sequentially and increased 56.4% year-over-year. In Q1, we shipped a record 595.8 thousand Invisalign cases. An increase of 4.9% sequentially and 65.8% year over year. In addition, we shipped to a record 78.6 thousand Invisalign doctors worldwide, of which approximately 6.6 thousand were first time customers. During the quarter, we reached a significant milestone with our 10 millionth Invisalign patient, Gabriela Silva, who recently began her treatment with Dr. Eunice Blind, an Invisalign trained orthodontist in Sao Paulo, Brazil one of our fastest-growing country markets. It's remarkable to think about the pace of growth and adoption that we are experiencing worldwide, especially when considering it took 10 years to achieve our one millionth Invisalign patient milestone, and now we're adding uh, one million new Invisalign patients in less than six months. We're grateful to our doctor partners and their patients and to our 20,000 employees around the world who have helped us reach this milestone. In recognition of our 10 million Invisalign milestone, we've donated 10 million to the Invisalign Foundation Donor Advised Fund and are kicking off a campaign called 10 million smiles. 10 million thanks centered around the transformative power of Invisalign treatment through the eyes of Invisalign patients. From a product perspective, Q1 clearliner revenues reflect strong growth across the Invisalign portfolio for both comprehensive and non-comprehensive products. Q1 comp volume increased sequentially and 62.3% year over year. And Q1 non comp or non comprehensive volume increased 5.0% sequentially and 74.4% year over year. Invisalign clear aligners address a wide range of of case complexity and can treat approximately 90% of case starts for adults and teens and phase one treatment for kids as young as six years old. Q1 adult patients increased 5.8% sequentially and 68.5% year-over-year. Q1 teens or younger patients increased 2.7% sequentially, 58.9% year-over-year. Teenage cases made up nearly 75% of the 15 million ortho starts each year, and despite our rapid growth and adoption, Invisalign treatment is still only single digits worldwide, so we continue to see significant runway here. Our strong Q1 results also reflect our multi-million dollar consumer marketing investment across key media channels with broad reach to drive consumers to Invisalign doctor practices. Our teen and mom focused consumer campaign generated 138% year over year increase in unique visitors to our website and 35% increase in leads generated. In addition, Invisalign social media influencers like Charlie D'Amelio, Ivana Gregg, and Ton Franz and many others, content creators, influencers, enabled a delivery of 4.2 billion impressions in Q121, delivering exciting new content and increased engagement for the Invisalign brand among their millions of followers. The consumer insights and data we receive from our programs suggest adults are also continuing to invest more in themselves for their overall health and well-being and have more disposable income to do so. They are seeking Invisalign, Clearliner treatment, from our Invisalign doctors, and sharing their positive experiences with their friends, family, and social networks, becoming influencers themselves. Now let's turn to the specifics around our first quarter results, starting with the Americas. For the Americas region, Q1 was another strong quarter, with Invisalign case volume up 8.4% sequentially and 53.8% year over year, reflecting increased Invisalign submitters and utilization growth for both orthodontic and GP channels. Q1 results also reflect continued investment in digital marketing, sales programs, our channel focused around GPs, orthos, and DSOs, and other initiatives to help drive utilization. In the GP channel, Invisalign Moderate and Invisalign Go continue to gain traction. This was especially true for GP dentists that enrolled in the iPro program, as well as doctors that have installed iTero scanners. The GP Accelerator program, designed exclusively for GPs, provides an all-encompassing support plan based on practice needs that is centered around maximizing iTero integration, clinical support needs, and implementing new marketing strategies. DSO utilization also increased and continues to be a strong growth driver and outpaced non-DSO practices. Today, we announced that we have extended our relationship with DECA Dental Group and have signed a new multi-year agreement for the Invisalign system through early 2025. In addition, DECA Dental Group is extending utilization of ITERO Element 5D imaging system across its affiliate practices in the United States. This provides DECA dental doctors and clinical support team members with access to Align's customized clinical education for the Invisalign system and the ITERO Element 5D imaging system to support practices in adopting new workflows for restorative dentistry and for digital orthodontics. In the Ortho Channel, the Teen Awesomeness Centers program directs patients to Invisalign doctors who are experts at treating teens and are seen as the go-to doctors in their markets, helping to drive increased uh, comprehensive treatments within the North American Ortho Channel. Tomorrow, registration opens for the 2021 Teen Forum Virtual Edition to be held on June 10th and 11th, which combines two days of all new dynamic sessions focused on the Invisalign teen patient journey. Sessions will focus on building clinical confidence, efficient workflows, teen and parent conversion, and the overall digital treatment experience that teens expect. The timing of the form is designed as a strong lead to the busy teen season, and attendees will have the option after post-forum mentoring by Invisalign teen experts to help orthos and their staff apply the tools from the teen form to their practices and get additional support through their busy summer. For our international business, Q1 Invisalign case volume was up sequentially 0.9%. On a year-over-year basis, international shipments were up 83.2%. In EMEA, Q1 volumes were sequentially 3.7%, up 74.9% year-over-year, with strong broad-based growth across all markets, led by the U.K., France, and Italy, along with continued growth in our expansion markets led by Turkey, Russia, CIS, and Benelux. We also saw strong performance from both ortho and GP channels with momentum in the GP channels with adults reflected in strong utilization and shipments from Invisalign Go. EMEA growth programs are customized by market and customers type to encourage Invisalign utilization such as professional 360 ortho and advanced 360 ortho programs with over 2,000 orthodontists enrolled. We also had GP Move 360, a program designed to be able to help move doctors along their developmental journey with an increase in GP cohorts of over 117% compared to a prior year. We are also continue to offer online and on-demand education events, which have reached over 15,000 GPs cumulatively. In the region, we hosted several successful summits and forums for Invisalign doctors this quarter in all virtual formats, the UK GP Forum and Ortho Summit, French Ortho Summit, and the ITERO Element Plus launch media event. In addition, we just held the Italian and DOC or German Ortho Summits last week. International expansion remains one of our key strategic pillars. Last week, we announced plans to open a new manufacturing facility in Poland, which will be our first aligner plant in the EMEA region and our third plant worldwide, joining Juarez, Mexico and Xi'an, China. The new facility is expected to be supplying customers in the EMEA region in early 2022, helping address the large and relatively untapped market of more than 5 million annual orthodontic case starts and more than 150 million EMEA customers who could benefit from treatment. The investment is part of our strategy to bring operational facilities closer to our customers and reflects our commitment to Invisalign-trained doctors and their patients in the EMEA region and extends our local operations in the region. The -the state-of-the-art EMEA plant, in Worklaw is expected to have more than 2,500 jobs by the end of 2025, making it the company's largest investment in EMEA to date and the largest 3-D printing operation in the region. For APAC, Q1 volumes were down sequentially, 3.9 percent as expected, reflecting seasonality. On a year-over-year basis, APAC was up 101.3 percent compared to the prior year, reflecting continued strong growth across the region, led by China, Japan, and ANZ. Invisalign volume growth drivers were young adults with young kids ramping faster than any other age group. In the teen segment, Invisalign volumes accelerated during the quarter and were driven by increased Invisalign utilization and case submissions from Invisalign doctors. We also continue to see good adoption of the Invisalign moderate product for non-comprehensive treatment in the GP channel. During the quarter, we continued to offer online and on-demand education events, which reached over 14,000 GPS cumulatively. Invisalign volumes in China were flat sequentially and up over 200% year-over-year. In Q1, China volumes gained momentum throughout the quarter. The Align Clinical Education site is the go-to digital hub for Invisalign doctors in team education and training. The digital learning environment was relaunched in February 2020 for Invisalign doctors offering a comprehensive learning platform with role-specific content for orthos, GPs, and their teens. The site enables more online learning opportunities with spotlight features for what's trending now, recommended learning paths based on doctor's experiences, and expanded categories, including digital treatment planning, comprehensive dentistry, and team education. During the quarter, over 102,000 unique users have assessed the records lecture, completed self-paced learning modules, and watched how two videos, viewing more than three million pages of learned content. From the Ortho channel, over 38,000 unique users have engaged with the digital learning site, and an additional 63,000 unique users from the GP channel. We also continue to see good adoption of the ADAPT program which is an expert and independent fee-based business consulting service offered by Align to optimize clinics' operational workflow and processes to enhance patient experience, customer and staff satisfaction. As a result of the ADAPT service, practices experience higher growth and greater efficiencies for orthodontic practices, as well as improved profitability after implementation. To date, we've seen a 50% increase in Invisalign cases among doctors' cohorts within six months of participation in the ADAPT program. In addition, while still early in the program, we're also seeing a strong correlation or halo effect on team utilization among ADAPT doctor cohorts. On consumer marketing, is focuses on educating consumers about the Invisalign system and driving that demand to our Invisalign doctor offices, ultimately capitalizing on the massive market opportunity to transform 500 million smiles. In Q1, we continue to see strong digital engagement globally, with more than 138% increase in unique visitors, 95% increase in doctor locator searches, and 35% increase in leads created on a year-over-year basis, driven by our global adult and mom-focused campaigns and teen-focused influencer content, our U.S. mom-teen multi-touch, multi-million-dollar campaign with influencer-led YouTube videos, a mom-focused TV spot, a custom Twitch activation, and mega teen sensations such as Charlie D'Amelio and Yvonne and Greg continue to perform well and garnered 4.2 billion impressions in Q1. The statistics I shared previously speak to the continued success this marketing campaign is having to not only drive demand with consumers, but also educate them on the benefits of Invisalign treatment through a doctor's office. The Align Digital Platform continues to gain traction globally, Our consumer and patient app, MyInvisalign, is now available in 58 markets, resulting in a more than 4X increase in app downloads and 3X increase in patients actively using our app in Q121 versus the same period a year ago. Our consumer and patient feature usage continues to increase. For example, Invisalign virtual appointment tool was used 86,000 times, and our insurance verification feature was used 27,000 times in Q1. Further, we receive more than 575,000 patient photos in our virtual care feature to date globally, providing us rich data to leverage our AI capabilities to improve our services for doctors and patients. Lastly, our new consumer website has been rolled out to more than 50 markets and continues to drive increased effectiveness in lead creation. In the Maya region, we built on the tremendous success we saw with the consumer marketing pilot in Q4 in the UK and expanded our media investments across the UK, Germany, and France to drive engagements, resulting in more than 335% increase in unique visitors and a 95% increase in leads. We also expanded our consumer advertising in the APAC region in Australia, Japan, and China and saw more than a 2,000% increase in consumer engagement and a 298% increase in leads. Several key metrics that show increased activity engagement with Invisalign brand are included in our Q1 quarterly presentation slides available on our website. Our NFL partnership continues to do well, generating over 23.5 million impressions during the quarter. It continues to be another major integral channel to reach adults considering clear line of treatment through an Invisalign-trained doctor. During the quarter, we expanded our sports partnership marketing strategy with the Invisalign brand, named the official smile partner of the Golden State Warriors. As part of the agreement with the six-times NBA uh, champion Golden State Warriors, the Invisalign brand also, the official smile partner of the Santa Cruz Warriors, the Golden State's G League affiliate, and the Golden Guardians, its eSport affiliate. The sponsorship includes an omni-channel activation across TV, digital media, social, a Jersey partnership with the Golden Guardians, and the Santa Cruz Warriors. Finally, on the consumer marketing front, we also launched our first ever social purpose initiative in Q1 called Invisalign Changemakers. An award program we developed in partnership with the National 4-H Council to celebrate and highlight teens in making an impact in their communities. We were blown away by the number of recommendations and stories we received about teens from redistributing excess food to combat hunger in their communities to donating weighted blankets to those in the autism spectrum. Overall, it's been heartwarming to learn about each of these amazing teenagers who bring a unique approach to positively impacting their communities and following their passions to create change. In total, we received nearly 800 Changemaker applications. On June 28th, we will announce 100 winners, each of whom will receive 5,000 to help them continue their goodwill efforts. We'll also celebrate these young forces of change with a virtual ceremony currently slated for mid-July. We are continuing to invest in creating consumer demand for Invisalign aligners in markets around the world. Our global campaigns include a multi-channel media strategy using digital video, social media, influencer marketing, and TV. For our systems and services business, Q1 revenues were up 5.8% sequentially, reflecting slightly lower scanner volume following a record fourth quarter. This is primarily due to the seasonality of capital equipment sales at year-end and higher services revenue. On a year-over-year basis, systems and services revenues were up 104%, reflecting strong scanner shipments and services. The iTera Element 5D imaging system continues to gain traction across all regions. Element 5D is the first integrated dental imaging system that simultaneously records 3D intraoral optical impressions, 2D color images, and near-infrared technology or NERI technology. Full-arch scans can be completed in as little as 60 seconds, and NERI technology scans the structure of the tooth in real time without harmful weight radiation, acting as digital aid for detection of interproximal caries or cavities above the gingival line. In APAC, the Element Flex is doing well with its wand-only configuration that provides needed mobility so doctors can see patients anywhere they choose and also perform full-arch scans in even the smallest office. During the quarter, we announced availability of the iTero Element Plus Series, which expands the iTero portfolio to serve a broad range of the dental market. The new Element Plus Series offers faster processing time, advanced visualization capabilities for a seamless scanning experience, and a new, sleek, ergonomically designed package. It's also engineered with the latest computing power, a dedicated AI chip, and new AI-based features, as well as an easy upgrade path for future innovation. In terms of digital scans used for Invisalign case submissions in Q1, total digital scans increased to 80.9% from 75.8% in Q1 last year. International scans increased to 75.1%, up from 68.7% in the same quarter last year. For the Americas, 85.5% of the cases submitted digitally compared to 80.5% a year ago. Cumulatively, over 35.4 million orthodontic scans and 7.5 million restorative scans have been performed with iTero scanners. Turning to ExoCAD, a year ago in April, we welcomed ExoCAD into the Align family. I want to thank the entire team for their continued progress on integration and roadmap development. Together, we are working to extend ExoCAD's position as a key technology provider for the dental CAD-CAM industry and to drive continuous innovation with the open and integrated approach that is the foundation of ExoCAD. During Q1, The new release of ExoCAD's Dental CAD 3D GALWAY was successfully rolled out globally with very positive customer feedback. A record number of over 70,000 verified prosthetic components were created in Dental CAD GALWAY, one of the largest prosthetic libraries in the industry. ExoCAD also reached a new milestone for the Exoplan database, which now supports nearly 10,000 implants from over 90 manufacturers. The new release also includes a unique and highly innovative Dental CAD feature, Instant anatom- Anatomic Morphing, that reduces design time by up to 30% compared to previous version. It also includes new AI technology for ExoCAD Smile Creator, which enables time-saving automatic detection of facial features. In addition, the new My connector was launched directly to ExoCAD Labs. The My connector creates an easy and integrated way to receive intraoral scan cases from thousands of iTero doctors worldwide. New cases are downloaded automatically and will show up directly in the DB case list. ExoCAD also co-hosted a joint dentistry event in the U.K. to showcase, showcase full workflow with Chairside titled Digital Dentistry Hands-On, a virtual roadshow aimed at general dentists, showcases a full digital workflow for the clinical environment with Chairside CAD, ExoCAD's complete Open Architecture CAD software platform for single-visit dentistry. Hosted by Dr. Gilson Morghury, the participants of the Roadshow series learned how to use the software for single-visit restorations and implant planning in a dental practice along the entire digital dentistry workflow. These are just a few milestones, and we're excited about the opportunities ahead to shape the dental industry with technology and expertise that benefits all customers, labs, partners, and users. We look forward to sharing more about ongoing ExoCAD developments. With that, I'll now turn it over to John.
3: Thanks, Joe. Now for our Q1 financial results. Total revenues for the first quarter were $894.8 million, up 7.2% from the prior quarter and up 62.4% from the corresponding quarter a year ago. For clear aligners, Q1 revenues of $753.3 million were up 7.5% sequentially and up 56.4% year-over-year, reflecting Invisalign volume growth in most geographies. Clear aligner revenue growth was favorably impacted by foreign exchange of approximately $14.4 million, or approximately 2.1 points sequentially, and on a year-over-year basis by approximately $22.3 million, or approximately 4.6 points. For Q1 Invisalign comprehensive, and non-comprehensive ASPs were both up sequentially. On a year-over-year basis, Q1 Invisalign comprehensive and non-comprehensive ASPs decreased. Overall, on a sequential and year-over-year basis, ASPs were favorably impacted by foreign exchange. On a year-over-year basis, ASPs were impacted by higher net revenue deferrals in all regions and higher promotional discounts. Clear aligner deferred revenue on the balance sheet increased $79 million sequentially and $256 million year-over-year and will be recognized as the additional aligners are shipped. Total Q1 clear aligner shipments of 595.8 thousand cases were up 4.9% sequentially and up 65.8% year-over-year. Our systems and services revenues for the first quarter was a record $141.5 million, up 5.8% sequentially due to product mix and increased services revenues from our larger installed base and ExoCAD's CAD-CAM services. Year-over-year systems and services revenues was up 104% due to higher scanner shipments and services and the inclusion of ExoCAD's CAD-CAM services from the April 2020 acquisition and increased services from our larger install base. Our systems and services deferred revenue was up 17% sequentially and up 102% year-over-year, primarily due to the increase in scanner sales and the deferral of service revenues, which will be recognized radically over the service period. Moving on to gross margin. First quarter overall gross margin was 75.7%, up 2.5 points sequentially and up 4.1 points year-over-year. Year. On an non-GAAP basis, excluding stock-based compensation and amortization of intangibles related to our Exocad acquisition, overall gross margin was 76.1% for the first quarter and up 2.5 points sequentially and up 4.2 points year-over-year. Over year. Overall gross margin was favorably impacted by approximately 0.5 points sequentially and 0.7 points on a year-over-year basis due to foreign exchange. Clear aligner gross margin for the first quarter was 77.6%, up 2.7 points sequentially, due to increased manufacturing efficiencies from higher production volumes, higher ASPs, and lower freight, partially offset by higher additional aligner volume. Clear aligner gross margin was up 4.6 points year over year due to increased manufacturing efficiencies from higher production volumes and lower freight, partially offset by lower ASPs. Systems and services gross margin for the first quarter was a record 65.4% up 1.2 points sequentially, primarily due to manufacturing efficiencies from higher production volumes and higher ASPs, partially offset by increased freight. Systems and services gross margin was up 3.6 points year over year due to manufacturing efficiencies from increased volume, higher ASPs, and services revenues. Q1 operating expenses were $451.7 million, up sequentially 13.7% and up 39.2% year-over-year. The sequential increase in operating expenses is due to increased compensation primarily from additional headcount and incentive compensation, consumer marketing spend, and other general and administrative costs. Year-over-year operating expenses increased by $127.2 million, reflecting our continued investment in sales and R&D activities and investments commensurate with business growth. On a non-GAAP basis, which excludes stock-based compensation, amortization of intangibles related to our ExoCAD acquisition, and acquisition costs related to our ExoCAD acquisition, operating expenses were $424.8 million, up sequentially 14.1% and up 40.9% year-over-year. Our first quarter operating income of $225.4 million resulted in an operating margin of 25.2%, down 0.3 points sequentially and up 12.5 points year-over-year. The sequential decrease in operating margin is attributed to operational investments. The year-over-year increase in operating margin are primarily attributed to higher gross margin and operating leverage. On a non-GAAP basis, which excludes stock-based compensation and amortization of intangibles, the acquisition costs related to our ExoCAD acquisition operating margin for the first quarter was 28.6%, down 0.4 points sequentially and up 11.5 points year over year. Our operating margin was favorably impacted by approximately 0.8 points sequentially and 1.5 points on a year-over-year basis due to foreign exchange. Interest in other income and expense net for the first quarter was a gain of $36.2 million, primarily driven by the SDC arbitration award gain. Excluding the SDC arbitration award gain, interest in other income and expense net was a $7.2 million expense on a non-GAAP basis. With regards to the first quarter tax provision, our GAAP tax rate was 23.4% which includes tax expense of approximately $11 million related to U.S. taxes on the SEC arbitration award received and approximately $14 million of excess tax benefits related to stock-based compensation. Our gap tax rate this quarter was lower than the prior quarter rate of 25.9%, primarily due to the higher excess tax benefits from stock-based compensation, partially offset by foreign income taxes at different rates. Our GAAP tax rate was higher than the same quarter last year, which was negative 2,745%, primarily due to a one-time tax benefit of approximately $1.5 billion associated with our corporate structure reorganization completed during the first quarter of 2020. The first quarter tax rate on a non-GAAP basis was 20.2% compared to 14.5% in prior quarter, And 33.2% in the prior year. The first quarter non-GAAP tax rate was higher than the prior quarter rate primarily due to lower tax benefits from foreign income tax at different rates. In comparison to prior year, the non-GAAP tax rate for the first quarter was lower primarily due to higher tax benefits from foreign income tax at different rates. First quarter net income per diluted share was $2.51 up 51 cents sequentially, and down $16.70 compared to prior year. On a non-GAAP basis, net income per diluted share was $2.49 for the first quarter, down 12 cents sequentially, and up $1.76 year-over-year. Moving on to the balance sheet. As of March 31st, 2021, cash and cash equivalents were $1.1 billion dollars, an increase of approximately $170.9 million from the prior quarter, which is primarily due to cash flow from operations. Of our $1.1 billion of cash and cash equivalents, $684.4 million was held in the U.S., and $447.3 million was held by our international entities. Q1 accounts receivable balance was $719 million, up approximately 9.3% sequentially, our overall day sales outstanding was 72 days, up approximately one day sequentially and down approximately 15 days as compared to Q1 last year. Cash flow from operations for the first quarter was $227.2 million. Capital expenditures for the first quarter were $43.4 million, primarily related to our continued investment in increasing aligner capacity and facilities. Free cash flow, defined as cash flow from operation, less capital expenditures, amounted to $183.8 million. We also have $300 million available under our revolving line of credit. Under our May 2018 repurchase program, we have $100 million remaining available for repurchase of our common stock. Now let me turn to our outlook. Overall, we are very pleased with our first quarter results and our continued strong momentum across regions and customer channels. It has been over a year since the pandemic began, began, and I want to briefly recap the actions we took to support our employees by protecting employee jobs and salaries, and by supporting our customers with PPE, extended payment terms, training, and many other areas of, of assistance. Instead of going quiet, we accelerated our investments in marketing to drive consumer demand to our doctors' offices and stay top of mind with consumers. We accelerated our digital technology investments so that we could provide virtual tools to our doctors, enabling them to stay connected with their patients and keep their treatment moving forward. We continued to grow the business, increase our investments in R&D and product innovation, and developing our plans for manufacturing expansion in EMEA. We did all these things for our customers, partners, employees, and shareholders because we believe in the industry and the size of the market opportunity. Our results are the outcome of our conviction in our business model, focus, and ability to execute. While there continues to be uncertainty around the pandemic and global environment, the strength in our business reflects the purposeful decisions we made through the pandemic and fuels our confidence and continue to invest into growth to drive demand and conversion globally. Q2 is off to a great start, and momentum has continued through April. Consumer demand trends and patient traffic across the dental industry are favorable and continue to improve. Given these factors and the positive trends we continue to see across the business, we believe it is important to share our current outlook and provide guidance for the full year. Note that the outlook we are providing does not reflect any potential significant disruption or additional costs related to any supply constraints. With that, let's turn to our full year 2021 outlook and the factors that inform our view. We have growing confidence in our digital platform and how it is driving growth across all region and market segments. We expect 2021 revenues of 3.7 to $3.9 billion, up 50 to 58% year over year. Consistent with past years, we expect second-half revenue to make up more than half of the full-year revenue and our second-half revenue to grow year-over-year around the midpoint of our long-term operating model target of 20 to 30%. As discussed during our last earnings call, we are increasing our investments in sales, marketing, innovation, and manufacturing capacity to continue to drive our growth programs and accelerate adoption in a vastly underpenetrated market. On a GAAP basis, we anticipate 2021 operating margin to be between 23.5 and 24.5%. On a non-GAAP basis, we expect 2021 operating margin to be approximately three points higher than our GAAP operating margin after excluding stock-based compensation and intangible amortization. In addition, during Q2-21, we expect to repurchase $100 million of our common stock through either open market repurchases or an accelerated stock repurchase agreement we intend to enter into on or prior to May 3rd, 2021. The repurchase is intended to complete the $600 million stock repurchase authorization announced on May 23rd, 2018. For 2021, we expect our investments in capital expenditures to exceed $300 million. Capital expenditures primarily relate to building, construction, and improvements, as well as additional manufacturing capacity to support our international expansion. This includes our planned investment in a new manufacturing facility in Rokong, Poland, our first one in the EMEA region. We intend to fund these needs with cash generated from operations. With that, I'll turn it back over to Joe for final comments. Joe?
2: Thanks, John? In summary, we're very pleased with the first quarter results of 2021. Our strong growth and continued momentum reflect our strategic initiatives and investments, including support for doctors to ensure treatment and business continuity, ramping availability of virtual tools to keep doctors and patients connected throughout treatment, and increased consumer marketing and concierge programs. The benefits of digital treatment and digital tools and the limitations of outdated old analog approaches continue to drive adoption of Invisalign clear aligners and iTero scanners and services. Over the past year, more doctors have experienced Align's digital platform, which made it possible for thousands of Invisalign practices and patients to continue treatments throughout global disruption, thanks to Invisalign aligners, digital treatment planning, virtual monitoring and care, as well as by iTero scanners. But the shift from traditional analog wires and brackets to a fully end-to-end digital platform is not easy. Cannot be done without very complex technology. And this technology is prevalent, touching every aspect of what we do from manufacturing excellence, where we currently manufacture over 700,000 unique aligners per day, to expanding our geographic footprint to over 100 markets, to building a network of over 200,000 trained Invisalign doctors, and providing the technology to our doctors in a complete digital system, the Align Digital Platform. As the market leader in the clear liner space, we've been building this industry over 24 years to get to where it is today, and yet the majority of the market opportunity remains largely untapped. With over 500 million potential case starts globally, Align is in a rare position to address this market with the Align Digital Platform, powered by two decades of clinical data based on more than 10.2 million patients with AI machine learning and digital tools to help our doctors efficiently communicate with their patients, show and explain any issues, and visualize p- potential treatment outcomes. And together with doctors, we're going to leverage the power of digital dentistry and orthodontics more than ever. We remain focused on our strategic execution, agility, customer service excellence, and continuing to make investments to grow our business to drive utilization of the Invisalign system ultimately returning value to our shareholders. This is the multivariable equation that we talk about, and there's no other company in the market today that has all these capabilities combined. Finally, throughout the pandemic, our priority has been the health and safety of our employees and their families, and our doctor customers and their staff, and that has not changed. We remain dedicated to their well-being, and I want to reiterate our commitment to all Invisalign practices and our employees around the world, especially those in areas recently affected by a surge in COVID-19. India, Brazil, France, Poland, Ukraine, Mexico, Thailand, and Japan. We are continuing to monitor the situations and are providing support and resources to those impacted employees. Thanks for your time today. I look forward to updating you on our progress as the year unfolds. Now I'll turn the call back over to the operator.
0: Thank you. At this time, we will be conducting a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press star two if you would like to remove your question from the queue. For those using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. One moment, please, while we pull for questions. The first question is from Nathan Rich from Goldman Sachs. Please go ahead.
4: Good afternoon, and thanks so much for the the questions. Um, Maybe, starting with the guidance uh for the year and and your expectations over the balance of the year, appreciate the the detail that you gave. I guess um you know should we think about the revenue cadence as being similar you know to a normal year and and joe i mean it it certainly seems like the the shift in market share that you've been highlighting um has accelerated uh during the pandemic, I guess. You know, I'd be curious to, to know if you, you know, have any way of kind of quantifying the magnitude of this shift as we think about the ability of um, uh, you to kind of sustain this, this momentum going forward and uh, the gains that, that obviously clear aligners have had during the pandemic.
2: I mean, Nathan, we're obviously optimistic. I mean, given the guidance we had today and the strong first, uh, first quarter results, we really feel good about where we are. Um, the great thing about this growth is it's been broad and deep. Okay. It is across every region. We see it, whether it's in APAC or whether it's in MEA, whether it's in the Americas overall, and then it's across the GP spectrum, across the ortho spectrum, too. Um, it's been terrific. And, and, it's, and it's also up and down. That's why we're giving you comprehensive, non-comprehensive now, all different kinds of cases. So we just feel, we feel great about the demand patterns, the depth and breadth of this rebound, and that's why we, you know, we have some clarity now. We decided to give guidance, and we're excited about this year and, and going forward. John, any, any thoughts on
3: and, and to add to your, your question, and Nathan, um, you know the seasonality and things that uh, we've seen in the past will, will continue. We would expect those to continue as we go through this year. So it's hard to compare year over year, especially in the first half, um, but uh, going forward, it, um, it, it makes sense to look at it uh, quarter over quarter.
4: Great. And if I could just ask a quick follow-up on, on the uh, – it seems like it's gonna, there's going to be more discussion around comprehensive versus non-comprehensive instead of the regional breakout going forward. So I was wondering if you could just level set us on the current mix of business between comprehensive and, and non-comprehensive cases and how you're thinking about the growth of those two categories going forward. Thanks a lot.
3: Yeah, I, I, when you look at it, Nathan, it's, you know, it's about 75% uh, comprehensive, 25% non-comprehensive. It can vary by quarter based on, you know, teen season and so on, um, but that's uh, roughly the split there. And we're investing in, in both areas uh, to be able to grow, whether it's on the ortho side or the GP side um, for those categories.
2: And Nathan, I think you know the margin, you know, on on those products also. So there's not this is not like a margin split. I mean, you still have higher margins on the on the uh, you know less than comprehensive product line too. So uh, it's a good mix.
4: Makes sense. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: The next question is from Jason Bednar from Piper Sandler. Please go ahead.
5: Uh, Jason. Hey guys. Good afternoon. Hey. Hey. Congrats. Uh, congrats on another really nice quarter here. Um, I actually want to start on guidance as well. Um, You know, if I focus on the second half of the year, maybe when comps tend to normalize a bit and use the midpoint of that 20 to 30 percent long-term guide you've got out there. I mean, are are you able to talk about how this comes together from a regional or channel perspective? Is it it safe to assume that a teens international still grows above that mid-20s level? Uh, And then is it right to think about imaging and CADCAM, you know, growing at that mid-20s level as well?
3: Yeah, Jason, this is John. We would look at uh, Invisalign and uh, our systems and services to grow, um, you know, at that that midpoint in the second half, so uh, around that 25% uh, year over year um, across the business. And, you know, we're making investments um, and continuing investments, as we've talked about, to really establish and and continue our growth.
5: Okay, and John, just sorry, anything from a regional or channel perspective, international or teams, or just how that all comes together?
3: You know, I, I think you know we we're, we're not forecasting by you know each of, each of the regions and, and so on. From that, I think you can, you know, you know from our business, we're we're trying to grow teen. It's a it's a great uh, indicator for you know the, the penetration on the ortho side, and we'll continue to to grow that, um, but um, not giving specifics by region.
5: Okay, understood. And then. Just one other follow up. I mean, the Clear liner gross margin was, you know, extremely strong this quarter. Uh, you had Clear of revenue that grew 50 million sequentially, but cogs that fell by 10 million. Uh, John, I know you stepped through some of the factors, uh, you know, just incorporated there, but is, is this a sustainable level that we should be thinking about for Clear liner gross margin going forward, kind of in this, you know, upper 70s level? Uh, or maybe there were there some other factors that helped push that gross margin higher here just in the first quarter?
3: Well, we did see some FX benefit, uh, as we called out, but um, it's a reflection of investing in this business, uh, adding capacity, adding in, in places where we see the growth, and, and this was leveraging some of that, those investments. So, um, you know, it's a reflection of of the work that we have, the productivity that uh, we can drive across the business, uh, you know, utilizing some of the facilities that we have, um, and then benefit a, a bit from uh, FX on a quarter-to-quarter quarter basis.
2: Thanks, All right. Understood. Thanks,
0: Tracy. The next question is from Elizabeth Anderson from Evercore. Please go ahead. Hi, Hi guys. Hey, thanks so much for the question and congrats on
1: another nice quarter. Um, can you talk about um, any changes in your sort of in your DSO strategy? I know you obviously highlighted the debt renewal in the quarter, but I just didn't know if there, as we come out of COVID, anything to think about there in terms of how you're working with that group of customers.
2: No, Elizabeth, actually, you know, we, we do what we can. We bring the you know entire online digital platform together with iTero, the different, you know, some DSOs want to approach this thing from a comprehensive standpoint, want non-comprehensive. So we just basically gear our digital platform and our product line based on what a DSO wants to do and what they want to accomplish, and not just in the U.S. but really all over the world.
1: Got it. That's helpful. And then, in terms of the the new facility in Poland, should we think about the potential impact on the gross margin line to be similar to when you open the Ziang facility, or is there a different way that you that this one is different?
3: I think when we look at that, uh, you know, we'll leverage to to ramp up uh, that facility as as fast as possible. It's you know a lot of uh, um, volume can come through uh, from EMEA. so. I wouldn't look at that as a a model for that. remember what we did in in China was a temporary facility to move to a greenfield, and this is a greenfield new facility to start with. Got
0: it. Okay, thanks.
3: Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks, Elizabeth.
0: The next question is from John Block from Stiefel. Please go ahead.
6: Thanks, guys. Hey, Joe. Nice nice quarter. Um, Two relatively quick ones. I I guess to start, Joe, you called out – EMEA North America is the primary case volume. Call it upside drivers, not APAC. And just, you know, maybe you could talk to APAC a little bit more. It was sort of first in COVID, and I think everyone was thinking first in, first out. But it seems like EMEA has been stronger. I mean, it was on a two-year stack basis, despite all the headline stuff that we hear in EMEA. Any details on APAC? Obviously, you've got a pretty big competitor in in, in China. Um, Any more granularity there would be very helpful. And then I've got a little bit of a tighter follow-up. Thanks.
2: You know, first of all, I mean it, may have, it was amazing in that way, but I wouldn't let it eclipse APAC. Right? I, we feel really good about APAC uh, across the board. You, know, you have China. You know, obviously being a big area, the sequential growth of China. When you look at fourth quarter, you know, versus first quarters, right in that seven, seven and a half percent range, uh, like the entire business is. And then, you know, obviously APAC is extremely diverse, but from uh, Japan, A and Z, those key areas that we have in APAC, it's really strong growth. So. I really feel great about APAC. It's just there's somewhat of an eclipse right now because, you know, EMEA was extremely strong. But you shouldn't let, you know, yourself think in any way that that means APAC was weak in some way. We feel good about APAC uh, as we go into the first quarter and the whole year. Okay. Yeah, I guess guess good problem to have. Second
6: one is is sort of a derivative of of Nathan's question. But, you know, the biggest question I get from investors is this pull forward of demand, right? In, In other words, is the 1Q21 volume call it success, is that at the expense of future quarters? And it seems like your guidance suggests you're not too worried about that, Joe. But can you give us more details there? Like, why aren't you worried about any pull forward? What are you hearing from sales reps? What are docs saying about sustaining the momentum throughout
2: the year? Thanks. Yeah, John. You know, John, first of all, it's it's the breadth of this growth, right? It's not like it's a singular region like we just talked about with the May and APAC and, you know, how strong the Americas is. Uh, we're seeing great uptake in the GP side. We see terrific growth there. The orthodontic side, you see our teen numbers are good and respectable. We're moving into teen season. So uh, what we feel good about is just the breadth and depth of this business. It's not just leaning on one or two legs from a strategy standpoint. Uh, it really is well-positioned going forward. Uh, you know, we hear the same thing about demand pull forward or whatever. You know, we doctors aren't talking like that. Remember, the questions back in the third quarter and fourth quarter was backlog, right? How much of this was backlog that wasn't consummated in, you know, second quarter, early third quarter? I mean, we got way past that. You know, obviously, we got into the fourth quarter, whatever. So I think we're just seeing a realization in the adult and the teen market of what digital orthodontics can do. And our company is very well positioned to take advantage of that when you look throughout the world. Johnny, anything to add? John, thanks. Thanks, see
0: The next question is from Kevin Caliendo from UBS. Please go ahead.
7: Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, okay. Kevin. I want to talk a little bit about how to think about seasonality with regards to teens. Um, you typically, you gear up. The summer is a big teen season historically. Kessler, do you expect that again next year, sort of back to school, might be a little more normal? And, and what... How should we think about you gearing up for uh, another incremental teen season? What might be different? Any expectations around incremental share for teens? I'd just love to hear the strategy.
2: Well, I think you know, we have a strategy really based on every region, because a teen season is different by region from a calendar standpoint, and doctors apply you know our technology in different ways with teens, but let's just take the US and Canada for a second. You know, Obviously, in the second quarter, beginning of third quarter, those are the really strong areas uh, we, you'll see our advertising program really kick in in a big way. We talked about the teen awesomeness centers that we put in place. That's with making sure that we have doctors that are really well equipped to handle teens. And we direct the leads to that team with confidence that they can be serviced properly. Um, you know, overseas, we understand, you know, what those timing are for the teens also, and we put those, those programs together too. You know, honestly, Kevin, we have a great portfolio, right? And we can, we can go across teens in a lot of different ways, all the way from six-year-olds, you yeah. know, to, to really older teens when you get to, you know, 16 to 19 years old, and the tooth movements associated with those too. So it's just having those doctors ready. It's having the communications with the teens and the moms to make sure they're aware of a digital orthodontic option and they really ask for that as they go into the doctors. And that's a strategy we apply just in different ways in different seasons around the world, but it specifically applies to teens.
7: That's helpful. Um, and one, just one follow-up on margins. You know, the gross margin number was, was mentioned. You, you covered that already. Should we think about any of that flowing down to the operating margin or, or any sort of target for operating margins over the next, you know, a couple of years. You've historically always looked to spend to grow, and it's always – you've always been rewarded for it. There's no reason to change. But just thinking sort of where you are now, maybe if you do have a little bit of an uptick in the gross margin that you can let more of it flow through to the operating side. How do you think about that?
3: I think when you look at it, Kevin, this is John, I mean, you know, we're looking to, to balance our, our growth opportunities with our margin. Um, and in certain countries, you, you might be – different parts of that equation, but on balance, uh, you know, we're pleased with the, the gross margin. Uh, we've talked a lot about the, the investments, the productivity, and other things that we see, and, and that continues, and it gives us a lot of flexibility to be able to invest, but uh, in a vastly underpenetrated market that, that we're in, um, making these investments to grow volume uh, make a lot of sense to us, but we're always mindful of that balance between volume and margin. Great. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Jeff.
0: The next question is from Ravi Misra from Berenberg Capital Markets. Please go ahead.
8: Hi. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking the question. So just uh, want to press a little bit more on kind of just some of the marketing opportunities that you're highlighting. And, and just curious, you know, you have the ski team now. You're, you're talking about the Golden State Warriors. I'm sure Draymond Green is not very happy about that. But just can you help us understand, like, what 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 do you go after when you look at the marketing opportunity, like, in terms of you know, the return that you're searching for, you know, the particular brands that you're you're aligning with. Um, and then I'll follow up uh, after that. Thanks.
2: You know, we, we do a lot of work on this, Robbie, figuring out what channels, what kind of return we get by channel, you know, how much you put in social media, sports team, how much you put in television. Uh, but overall, John and I expect a certain return, and we know what those returns are by region. We invest a dollar here, we know what we get back. I don't necessarily want to convey exactly what those returns are, we make sure they're positive, and uh, you've seen us increase our advertising uh, pretty dramatically outside the United States. The response for that's been really good, and you know, obviously, we we use a lot of what we learned here in North America to apply that around the world. So, you know, Invisalign is an incredibly well-known brand, not just in you know North America but all around the world, and being able to leverage that and having that as kind of a common name around the world is it's very helpful for us in the sense of driving volumes, giving doctors confidence and patients' confidence, too. So we really feel good about our investments. And obviously, we balance that well with increased salespeople, with technology investments, you know, all the things you have to do when you run a business like this. But it is something that obviously gains a lot of attention and a lot of analysis from us.
8: Great. And then maybe just one on, you know, on the press release, something caught my eye around your kind of ortho summit case shootout where... The highest vote was around kind of a class two, class three, Invisalign case presentation. Now, historically, that's been, you know, something I I think maybe that that unless you're a bleeding edge KOL or or doctor that you weren't doing. The fact that that's kind of, you know, winning the kind of peer award now, does that suggest that you're getting deeper into these more complicated cases and just more specifically, Do you feel that you have an edge versus your competitors in the space that allow you to do this, or is this kind of a class effect that you think has to do with comfort and ease of use of the technology as a whole? Thanks.
2: Yeah, Robbie, it's it's a good question. Um, Look, I remember we have done what, we said 10.2 million cases. And through those 10.2 million cases, we've learned a lot and we learn more every day. And we run AI machine learning across those cases and, that's how we just launched GA. As we understood in deep bite cases, we have some issues with posterior open bite and different clinical kind of issues that would bore you to death. But we understand, based on millions of cases that we have done, what's the best way to move those teeth to ensure that they end up in the right positions with the right smile. At, at, at you know, obviously, you, you want to do this as quickly as you possibly can because patients don't want to be in treatment you know for five years. So I feel we have an incredible advantage. You look at Smart Track. We look at how they initiate that with. You know, over four million lines of code that we have in ClinCheck. Uh, you look at the accuracy of Itero in the sense of transferring information through, uh, you know, over to our manufacturing facility in, o- in order to make this. Um, it's so you know, I feel very confident about a 24-year first-mover advantage and what we've done. Now, obviously, there's competitors out there, and competitors are coming up, but a lot of them have to crawl through the friction that we did in order to learn this, and a lot of the IP that we've put down that. Uh, Makes us unique in the sense of how we position ourselves, you know, in the marketplace. So uh, back to your, what you started with, when you do these shootouts and all, it's really great to sit in the audience and look at the before and after photos. I mean, it's amazing. When I first joined this business, I just said, I, I, hard to believe that you can do this. What's happening today is it's becoming more common. I mean, you go all around the world. It was, It's not one or two doctors doing this. There's hundreds, about thousands that are doing incredible kinds of cases. And so, which I think that more and more, it just lends credibility to this product line. It can do what we say now, 90% of all the cases that are out there. Um, that's not just because it's plastic, right? It is the whole system, from how we 3D print, what plastic you use, the algorithms we use, how we constantly tweak it by the information that we have, driving a brand like this, have any kind of training. We talked about 200,000 doctors that we have trained. we've trained and gone through these things. This takes time to do. It takes expertise, and doctors need that confidence and understanding, and we feel we can give it to them better than anyone.
3: And that technology is brought about by investments, and we'll invest over $250 million this year alone in R&D to improve our, our systems and in and Invisalign for our customers. And that's a, it's an advantage, it's an advantage, like Joe said, over a period of time, but it, we're continuing to invest to make things uh, better and better for our customers. Thanks, Robbie.
0: The next question is from Richard Newitter from SVB Lear Inc. Please go ahead.
1: Hi, this is Jamie on for Rich. Um, just one question for me. Appreciating that you guys are obviously focused on driving higher ortho team utilization overall uh, GP adoption at the same time. I'm just curious, in your view, you know, which of the two is likely to be the bigger make-or-break um, driver of growth over the near-to-intermediate term?
2: You know, it, it just sounds like a terrible answer to you, but they're both, really. We talk, we talk about, you know, 500 million patients out there that could use Invisalign treatment. Uh, we know that, you know, of the 15 million orthodontic cases, you know, roughly 75 to 80 percent are teens. I mean, all those—they're—they're both—and they're both huge opportunities. And there's not a difference from a technology standpoint or how you apply that technology to either of those that would make one easier to do or more beneficial than another. So, honestly, both of those are great reservoirs of growth for us. Got it.
1: Okay. And then just oh, oh go ahead. Tim. One last one for me, just on the DSO, kind of the business model and strategy that you guys have for entrenching iTero systems in DSOs across all practices, kind of how do you approach that? And when you do see DSOs where the large majority of their practices have adopted the iTero scanner, what's the sort of pickup that you guys see in terms of utilization? Thanks so much.
2: Um well we, where you use Itera scanners, you train the doctors properly. You have the right products in the GP channel like iGo and different products like that. We get terrific uptake. I mean, you can't measure it the way you do, you know, share a chair for an orthodontic office, but we get significant, our, our DSO business is significant now. Uh, it's meaningful in that way and um you know, it's one where That digital platform strategy that you kind of outlined in your question is what we employ. But again, we employ it in different ways depending on how a a DSO really wants to engage with us.
1: Thank you. Next question, please.
9: The next question is from Jeff Johnson from Baird. Please go ahead.
2: Hey, Jeff.
9: Hey, guys. Good evening. Uh, hey, hey, John, I want to go back. You mentioned the $250 million in R&D, and, you know, I think the number we've discussed over the last, I don't know, probably somewhere in the last six or nine months or so is like $500 million total of what you guys spend not only on R&D but uh, channel support, advertising, uh, you know, social media, all that stuff. And, you know, in our mind, that's one of your bigger uh, barriers to entry even probably more so than uh, some of the uh, IP and what have you. But uh, it, it sounds like with some of the stuff you're taking up EMEA, you're taking up APAC advertising, uh, you know, more and more sports teams and things like that is that 500 million dollar number a dated number at this point is that barrier to entry and that spend even even going well above that number in in the near to intermediate term
3: you will see that that's a good question uh jeff i mean we talked about that at our last investor day uh about the 500 million combined um you know kind of the marketing go-to-market plus the um r&d and what you'll see is as in success and we've talked about a lot with you know as you know where we see returns, where we see volume, where we see profitability, we're going to continue to make those investments. So, um, as we go through this year, that uh, that number will uh, most likely go up as as we find success uh, in these investments and and find that right return.
9: Yeah, fair enough. And, and Joe, I'd be interested. I mean. You know, we saw COVID case counts and restrictions even in the 1Q and some of the markets you called out in EMEA as being so strong, U.K., France. uh, I'm sure some others you called out, other uh, areas, obviously, India that we're all uh, watching closely, but a lot of other markets as well that are still dealing with COVID case counts uh, and, and heightened risks there. Does that even matter to, case, to to case shipments to Invisalign uh, at this point? I guess what I'm trying to figure out is, is that stuff holding back some volumes that could come through next year? Are we all just with COVID fatigue still comfortable going in and getting uh, clear aligner cases even in those markets? So, you know, is COVID a risk factor, I guess, that you've had to build in some some caution and the guidance for in some of those markets, or, or cases just as strong in those markets as they are in, in markets where maybe COVID is a, is a little more under control? Thanks.
2: Yeah. Uh, Jeff, that's a good question. It's just what we've seen. There's one definitive. If offices are shut down and patients aren't allowed to go to offices, we saw that. That happened in the second quarter. It happened all around the world. And then the term lockdown is used very loosely all around the world. What's a lockdown and what isn't? Um, The situations like in India right now are a disaster, you know, obviously. And there's, you know, people are very cautious. But the rest of the way around the world, what we see is it looks like communities and people have been able to manage this. Okay. Uh, is there any kind of a backlog of patients not going into dental offices because of that? I think in certain countries around the world there is, but we can't really quantify that right now. And, again, the breadth and depth of our demand pattern gives us confidence that we think we can predict around it.
0: Yeah. Thanks. thanks. Thanks, Jeff. The next question is from Aaron Reich from Credit Suisse. Please go ahead.
1: Great, thanks. Can you – speak a little bit about what you're doing differently in terms of promotions or other initiatives around iTero um, that's really resonating with customers maybe um, differently now, and, and, and where's the traction mostly tied to on the ortho or GP channel, and, and, and do you anticipate any lumpiness quarter to quarter across that that business thing?
2: Yeah, well, iTero's been great for us, right? You have you a know, good services business there. We announced the Plus Series, iTero, which is, Aaron, it's a breakthrough. I mean, it sounds like it's a derivative as far as, you know, incremental, uh, but it is really a strong platform. We talk about the artificial intelligence we've been being able to embed in that machine. Um, you know, we see doctors uh, both on the GP side and orthodontic side, really excited about it. Uh, this is not a promotional discussion in the sense when you ask your question about how to promote it. There's nothing tricky there. Uh, what we do is we have a broad number of products. You, you know, you have the Neary product plus, which is the very high-end product line. And then you have the Flex system, which, you know, I mentioned in my opening, which is basically a wand itself, and it's used with a, a normal kind of a computer that's adapted to that. And it helps to get flexibility in the sense of what a customer wants to use or a doctor wants to use on both ends. So I feel it's like how we take this to market, the different products that we have and the different uh, way that we segment that is uh, – And then, you know, obviously, if you want to do Invisalign, this is the front end, the key end of our digital platform, and that's very attractive to both GPs and orthos that that really want to do Invisalign. They know that iTero is critical for that.
1: Thanks. Next question, please. Okay,
0: great. The next question is from Brandon Couillard from Jefferies. Please go ahead.
5: Hey, thanks for uh, squeezing me in. um, John, maybe just a two-part question around guidance. Um, the operating margin outlook would suggest, um, you know, margins kind of moderate a bit over the balance of the year from one Q levels. You sort of elaborate on your expectations for gross margins for the balance of the year, and then what should we uh, – how should we think about the trend of, of ASPs over the next few quarters? Um, I us just leave it there. Yeah,
3: I, Brandon, when we look at, uh, you know, we're, we're pleased with our gross margin uh, and, and margin that we had in the first quarter. Um, a lot of things came together on that. Um, when we look at uh, the investments in the, in the growth opportunities we have, uh, we're not giving specific guidance around our own growth margin, but you can see as it, as it translates to off margins, a reflection of the growth opportunities we have, investment opportunities that we have to be able to uh, invest and grow in this business. And, you know, we'll, we can update uh, as, as we go forward based on based on what we see. Um, your, your other part of the question regarding uh, – um, Kind of ASPs and so on. You know, when you look at, uh, you know, we, we have a breakout and we show that on a on a regular basis between comprehensive and non-comprehensive. Um, you know, we don't expect uh, any 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 major fluctuation of, across our ASPs. Um, the only thing that uh, that comes up and we saw it in this quarter a bit was um, with currency uh, changes. But in terms of the promotions and how we go about the business and how we're trying to drive growth, there's there's nothing out of the ordinary that would affect um, ASPs. Thanks, Brandon. Next question, please.
0: The next questions from John Krieger from William Blair. Please go ahead.
7: Hey, John. Our... Hey, Jeff. I just wanted to follow up on, on Jeff's question a bit. So if you move beyond office closures, as you look at certain regions of the world becoming hot spots and then that fading, does that impact um, demand levels that you're seeing?
2: You know, I, I, you know, it's a not a great answer for a joint. It's yes and no, okay? Uh, depending on the severity and where it is, I can say yes. Uh, for the most part, we say no, and that's after the second quarter. When again, the definitive piece: if you shut offices down, you won't let patients in there. We're going to have an issue. But actually, you know, after the second quarter, early third quarter, we've been dealing with lockdowns uh, that are basically lockdowns of time frame, lockdowns of where people can travel. But not specific lockdowns of doctor offices. If the market stays away from that, we feel we're pretty good. Okay, thank you.
1: Thanks, John. Operator will take next a quick... question.
0: It sounds good. The next question is from Michael Reiskin of Bank
5: of America. Please go ahead. Thanks for squeezing me in. Hey guys, I'll just ask you a quick one, sort of um, wanna expand a little bit on the on the ASP question I was just asked. I'm just wondering, you know, you cited a little bit uh, in your prepared remarks in terms of promotional, things like that, um, uh, discounts. Are you referring specifically to the Advantage program? And if you could talk about, you know, how some of the, some of the orthos and GPs are falling in with those, those tiers. Have you seen any movement over the last couple quarters where, you know, uh, people are falling more into the, into the platinum and the diamond uh, grouping there? Um uh, kind of also backing into sort of the numbers on utilization between ortho, uh, I've seen some really nice numbers the last couple quarters. Uh, is that indicative of that, a higher portion of, of orthos and, and GPs falling at those higher tiers and therefore locking in those, um, you know, the higher prom- uh, promotional discounts?
3: Yes, certainly that is uh, that is an impact. Uh, when you have, you know, as doctors uh, grow through the tiers, they, you know, they, they become more proficient, they, have, they got more cases, whether they're on – on the ortho side or the GP side, uh, we see them work their way through tiers. Uh, they do more cases, so we get that volume benefit, and, um, and then they'll they'll see those discounts there. We've had those programs in place. That's, those programs really help drive utilization and really um, talk to the utilization growth that that you noted there. So, those are programs that we've had. Um, they're there to to uh, to to drive utilization, and um, it's something that we've we've used in our business and and expect to continue to use. Thanks, Michael.
0: This concludes the question and answer session. I'd like to turn the call back over to Shirley Stacey for closing remarks.
1: Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We appreciate your time. We look forward to seeing you or speaking with you at upcoming financial conferences and industry meetings and events. If you have any follow-up questions, please contact our Investor Relations Department. Have a great day.
0: This concludes today's conference. You may disconnect your lines at this time. Thank you for your participation.